Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 21 of Season 3 of the Toward Light Podcast. This episode, I want to talk about normalizing the human experience. I want to talk about what it's like to be in this lived human body and to look at the paradox of our ordinary uniqueness. In the last several episodes, I feel like I've emphasized how the path comes out in each of us in individual unique ways. And there is still the truth of universality that even though different causes and conditions manifest themselves in different ways in each of us, at the same time, we are all human beings in this biological system, and so we are connected at the same time. Why this topic in particular has been coming up for me is I've been hearing a lot of people share experience as if it's completely unique or that it has never happened to anybody in the history of the world. And it seems like there's a disconnect from some of the key truths of Buddhism, of life, these key truths of anicca, impermanence, dukkha, difficulty, and anatta, not-self. What I'm hearing through the news, through social media, through whatever, is this real sort of bent toward terminal uniqueness. And again, I'm not saying that we're not unique in our experience. And we are the same. We are connected. We are universal. Something we may hear people say are things like, I'm an empath, or I'm super in touch with my environment, or I'm a little bit psychic. And the truth is that we all have the capacity to be all of those things. We all have the capacity to feel with others. We all have the capacity to be present. We all have the capacity to feel connected to the totality. But we're not always aware of that. We're not always hooked into that. So often we see normal human experience as a problem or something that needs to be fixed, which can lead to reactive, harmful behavior. Or on the flip side, we're so tuned out that we don't listen to the cues and information our mind-heart-body system is telling us. We are bioforms, which means that we are a complex system that is responsive to its environment. But living in a patriarchal, capitalistic, technology-driven society, that responsivity is often minimized or ignored, or we're actively shamed for naming it. So we may try to shut down our level of receptivity to get by and fit in. An example of this would be in the United States might be the witch trials and how women who were said to have power or be healers or connected to the land in some way were murdered for naming that. And so the legacy has been to not speak when we see things, when we understand things at a level that's not societally accepted. 
So we've shut this stuff down and then we start meditating and boom, our field of receptivity is reopened and we don't always know what to do with all the information. So we might try and shut it down or think there's a problem or stop meditating altogether. The reason this podcast is called Toward Light is because there's a sutta where the Buddha talks about four types of people, people moving from darkness to darkness, darkness to light, light to darkness, or light to light. So when we're moving toward light, which you're doing by listening to this podcast, by being interested in Buddhism, by being on any form of a spiritual path, seeing dukkha, seeing difficulty in our experience cuts deeper. We feel it more because we're paying attention. Human experience acknowledges the truth of dukkha, acknowledges that difficult things happen in life. And while we can respond appropriately to dukkha when needed, every piece of difficulty doesn't need a level 11 extra huge reaction And often the most appropriate response to dukkha is simply being with, acknowledging it, and taking no further action. I'm going to give three examples of what it looks like when dukkha is not seen as just dukkha and is seen as a problem or an emergency. Example one, you're in the middle of a task at work and a coworker stops by to give you negative feedback on something you had previously done. Instead of taking that feedback, sitting with the ouch of it, waiting a bit. Instead, you stop what you're doing, you spin out, you overcompensate, you defend yourself. You don't take in the information because you're fighting against that feeling of discomfort, that feeling of negative feedback. You're not recognizing the worldly wind of ill repute, the worldly wind that sometimes we get negative feedback. Sometimes we're not seen as perfect by everybody. That's normal. But we fight against that reality. And But if we fight against that reality, we create more suffering, more dukkha. Example two. Last week you had new tires put on your car. And then today the check engine light comes on. Rather than seeing this as the dukkha of ownership, of owning something, get caught in overwhelm, victim mentality, this delusion of, oh, all these bad things are always happening to me, or this is so horrible, this has never happened to anybody before. You get caught in this delusion that you're being persecuted in some way, rather than seeing the truth that owning anything means there's going to be repairs, there's going to be work that needs to happen. Example three, your five-year-old has a temper tantrum. Rather than seeing this five-year-old as someone who has a developing brain, who can't express their feelings because they are five years old, you take it personally You start to spin out in your thoughts. You start to tell stories like, I'm a horrible parent because this child is doing this. If I was better, they would be better. Something's wrong with me. So we're getting caught in this identification rather than seeing, oh, just like me, this five-year-old is having a difficult time. People have difficult times sometimes. In all these examples, 
talking about this idea that when we have a sensation in the body, an emotion or a thought in response to any stimuli, and we react without investigation, following in our habitual patterns or cultural norms or biological imperatives, we're not necessarily going to be skillful. We're not acting from a place of wise view and wise intention. And this is normal. The hope is that the more we practice, the more we can take that breath, take some investigation, get clear, and act from a place of wise view and wise intention. On the other side of things, here are three examples of times when being detached from our receptivity might be a problem. Example one, when I was in graduate school, every Thursday, I would get super nauseous, sometimes to the point of vomiting. And it took me almost nine months to realize that this was only happening on Thursdays. I went to a bunch of doctors. I went and did a bunch of therapy. Like I was trying to figure out what was the problem. And when I finally put together that this was happening on Thursdays, and every Thursday I was training a group that I hated working with, just not my scene. Then I was able to see, oh, this is what the problem is. And I slowly was able to change my behavior and get more support. But because I was checked out from my experience, I couldn't understand where these sensations were coming from. Example two, been hurt by somebody a bunch of times, they've taken advantage of you in some way. But when they come back and say some words and ask for forgiveness, you let them back into your life, even though they have not demonstrated that they are doing anything differently. And even though there is some resistance in your body or some hardening up or some tensing around this person that shows you this person is not safe but you're not connected to that. So you let them back in and get taken advantage of again. Or example three, whether it's at work or at home or in school or wherever, taking on too much. Not knowing your limits, not feeling the fatigue or the overwhelm in your system that's telling you this is too much. Not feeling that your shoulders are up to your ears, even as you say, yeah, sure, I can take on that project, even though your calendar is totally full. So being disconnected from your experience allows you to overreach, to overstep, to wear yourself out. What I hope you're noticing in all of these examples is that being human is tough. There's a lot going on in our systems, biology, mental evolution, cultural expectations, personal conditioning, and incessant input at all of the sense doors. So when we are present, the sensations in a moment can feel hard to parse out, and it can be overwhelming. However, I believe, the Buddha believed, that we all have the capacity to stay with the moment, to not distract or dissociate or react, but to be with. We train to stay with in our mindfulness practice. And when we practice, we try to limit the sensory input so that we can be more embodied. We practice in quiet, 
close our eyes or restrict our gaze, turn off the notifications on our phone. We're in a supportive, comfortable place. And then we have the opportunity to drop in to look at all that's going on in our system without seeing it as a problem or a project. You are not a problem. You are not a project. You are a human being doing the best you can to move toward light. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.